the biggest game changer for us that I wish someone would have told me a long time ago was we just put our work out there and we, and we started competing for awards. A huge amount of our business was always referral based. And, you know, if you, I, I really believe like how you do the small things is how you do the big things. And so like taking care of whatever customer we have today, knowing that long-term, like if we take care of them, well, they will refer some business to us. And I found a lot of times that might be five years. That was like a long cycle, but now, you know, 11 years in, like there's a big pipeline of that. Hey, Bob WP here, and welcome to Do The Woo, the WooCommerce and WordPress Builder Podcast. Today's show is brought to you by Avalara and their next conference, a global tax compliance conference exclusively designed for their tech partners and the developer community. I'll tell you more about this fantastic event later in the show. But today, Robert and Robbie are joined by guest host Ross Badaro as we hit another Woo Agency chat with Ken Kelly from Never Settle. There are so many facets to this conversation around running an agency with some interesting insights on how they handled the COVID lockdown, what that means to them now, and their focus on giving back to a cause that means a lot to them. Plus, really cool insights on subscriptions and AI. So it's all here in this show, so let's jump on in. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Do The Woo. I'm Robbie Adair with OS Training, one of your co-hosts today. Uh, I've got two co-hosts with me today, Robert Jacoby and Ross Spadaro, and I probably mispronounced that name, but maybe I got it right. Um, so, Robert, uh, welcome, and how are you doing today? Is half the year already gone by? Is is that that crazy? Uh, yeah, I'm so used to like COVID time where nothing ever happens, and all of a sudden, like six months fly by, and it feels like six years. So otherwise, just great and fine, and Danny. It's great to be uh, woo agencying, uh, agencying it up today. Wow, that's a mouthful. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Awesome. And I agree with you, Robert. I can't believe it's been half a year or more. Um, and so, Ross, this is your first time to co-host on Do The Woo, I do believe. And so tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what you work at uh, Woo, right? Correct. Yeah. No. And, and thanks for, for having me on as a, a guest host today. Uh, super excited to chat with you all. Um, and yeah, Robert, to your point, this year has flown by. So, you know, I'll kind of digress from that. But yeah, I joined Woo about a year and a half ago. Um, and there was this effort to relaunch the Woo Expert or Agency Partner Program uh, at WooCommerce. And so, and, you know, as the foundation was being built uh, throughout 2021 and 2022, I joined the team in uh, June of 2022 as an agency partner manager. So, you know, working directly with our platinum tier uh, Woo Expert uh, agency partners uh, to help make sure they're successful. Um, have what they need, um, and just drive growth through the program for WooCommerce, and uh, yeah, better together. So uh, that's kind of my role in a nutshell. But uh, happy to be here. Awesome. Well, thank you. I'm glad you're here. You're going to help us grill. I mean, question and talk to uh, Ken Kelly. I'm joking. Uh, so Ken, Ken is with Never Settle Agency, and Ken, tell us uh, a little bit about yourself. How long you had your agency? Where you guys are located? Specialties. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for having us. I'm really excited about this. It's been fun to see WooCommerce step into partnering with agencies more. It seems like there's just been a huge opportunity for both of us. So seeing this happen in the last couple of years has been really exciting on our on our side. But Never Settles a, a full a full digital marketing agency. So we do everything from 
kind of starting at the beginning of that process with consulting, branding, design, UI, UX prototypes, full stack development, and then following it up with, with growth services like SEO, SEM, marketing, and then consulting again. So the services that we do, we do kind of everything you would think of in a digital agency with the exception of social media management. We don't, we don't do anyone's social media. doesn't feel like it's a high ROI for us to do it for someone else. And then um, we are 11 years old this year and we have um, about 25 folks across, I think we're nine countries. So over half of us are based in the U S but we're remote workforce and then the other half were spread out um, in, in a pretty diverse um, set of countries. So we started out in Denver, Colorado, and that's where I'm located. And we still have a few folks here. But over the last 11 years, we've, we've grown and we've just had some really great referrals or just inbound leads that have come in. And we just couldn't say no to, to great people. So we figured out how to do the remote work. Cool. Awesome. Well, and congrats on 11 years having an agency. Anytime you mark, go over that 10 year mark, I feel like you're pretty set. You're, that's, you're good. You're going to, you're going to last forever now, as long as you want it to go, you're going to, you're going to make it. So I'm going to kick us off with the first question. And I just want to see how your agency, one, how, how COVID the pandemic affected your agency and then how things are since COVID. Or, and, and I say since COVID, like COVID is over, we know it's not, but since our, our shutdowns are over. Yeah. Good clarification. I, we saw, you know, we saw a lot of things change. Um, the biggest, the, the two biggest things that we saw right away were people restricting cash immediately, not knowing what was going to happen. So I felt like there was a lot of fear and people just kind of restricted budget, just saying, I don't know. And, and I don't want to spend. And so we got, we, we kind of saw, we expected that to happen. It did happen. And I was immediately asking my team, like, how can we diversify? What, what should we be doing? And so we ended up releasing, um, kind of a new service where it was kind of like website as a service, allowing people to, to build, we'd build an entire website for them for like $298. And it was just month to month, no long-term contracts, provide two hours of, um, service every month, free hosting, all the security, all that stuff, maintenance. And we, pr- we provide those two hours of service, however they want to use it, whether it was design or dev or SEO, whatever they may be. And really going after people that were saying, hey, we're, we're really cash conscious right now. And so we, that was like an example of the way we diversified. And then we tried to create a few products that were specific to restaurants and gyms and other things to get them to, to uh, leverage WooCommerce to do bookings or whatever remotely or to do their deliveries and stuff like that. And, and those didn't pick up. Right. And, and that's just part of it is sometimes you try things and they work and sometimes you, they, they don't. So we try to diversify our services. And then um, we also really encouraged our clients that were, that were e-commerce clients to really double down. And I would say we had a handful of them that were all in. And we're, we're like, this is an incredible opportunity because this is the only way you're going to be able to sell, especially for our folks that were had retail stores and all that. And some of them, you know, trusted us and we, we presented data. It wasn't just a random assumption. And their businesses grew like crazy. And then we had a, a lot of other clients that just said, I can't, I can't do it right now. But their storefronts were closed too. So they were like, they were shutting off the one thing that was providing flow to them. And then they had no way to keep their other stores open. So that was kind of one of the things we saw. And then we did see a turnover of people. We saw what sounded like was kind of a global thing of people just 
taking a pause and saying, is this what I want to do with my life? And so we had a handful of people um, just say, hey, like, I'm, I want to go travel. Uh, someone was like, I want to go, I want to go see my grandma. She's in another country and I'm going to take this time off. And I don't even know if I like coding. And so we had a handful of people that transitioned during that season. And, um, and it was awesome. Like we, we want the best for our folks. So was, we were excited about that, but that was something I didn't expect that happened. And then post that kind of where we're at, um, I think because of some of those moves that we made and, um, and really kind of doubling down on e-commerce specifically with our clients, we're, we're doing really, really good. We're in a really healthy spot. Um, we, we worked really hard not to lose anybody other than like voluntarily the folks I mentioned. And, um, that was, that's probably something I was the most proud of our team for is we have cash get crunched a lot when our clients back down their budgets. And we looked at everyone that was on our team and we said, what would it take to not lose one person? And so, um, the owner, myself and, and a couple other folk guys, they, we just, we took no pay. And then we asked our team as a whole to take a 30% reduction so that we wouldn't have to let anybody go instead of just like letting go of the bottom 15% or whatever. And our team, you know, they weren't stoked about it, but they all, they all said yes. And then what was really, really fun um, was with my partners is we tracked everything that we asked them to reduce and we were able to end up pay that back within two years. So, um, and we didn't lose anybody. Um, due to due to budgetary reasons, and then since then we've just we've been growing pretty healthy, about thirty percent a year. So, boy, there's like a million follow up questions I have to all of that you just said. Is is the team fully remote? Yeah, we're fully remote. We have uh, an annual team meeting where we get together in Mexico or somewhere that that is friendly to visas from all countries, and and have a, have a lot of fun. Um, go over our mission and values, like as an agency, like we, you know, we do technology and business and consulting, but never settle is like one of our aims is to see human trafficking ended. And so we, we look at how do we leverage technology to do that and other things. And so when we get together, we, we have a lot of fun. We talk about ideas and explore how can we, how can we press more into that and then do lots of competitions and some team building exercises and stuff like that. But other than that, or me trying to fly around to see folks, everyone, everything, everything else we do is remote. So you mentioned that you started developing product during COVID and a lot of agencies have a hard time doing both. Is, is product just now a lead gen for your other WooCommerce uh, projects and experience, or is it actually a revenue generator in and of itself? Yeah, it's a revenue generator of itself. And every product that we've ever launched has always come out of a need that we've seen for ourselves or many clients. And then we've developed something and then been able to sell it. So one of those products is um, MCF uh, for WooCommerce and Amazon, which is basically a bridge to allow people to sell their products on WooCommerce and have Amazon white label fulfill it for them. For everyone who's listening who doesn't have an idea what MCF means is multi-channel fulfillment. Yes, thank you. Yeah. So Amazon's fulfillment and so allowing Amazon to kind of white label their fulfillment for them. And that's, that's in the, the WooCommerce extension marketplace, but that's, that's like an example. We actually had another business that we launched. Um, we've launched a handful of businesses and it was a products company and we were, we were selling our product on WooCommerce and fulfillment got too big for ourselves. And so we were like, we were looking at options. We saw Amazon and we we're like, what if we create an API that could do this. And we did it for ourselves. And then eventually 
we had other clients doing stuff and we were, we were consulting them on fulfillment. And then we were like, we should launch this and we built it. And then eventually we were able to get it in the WooCommerce or extension marketplace. So I'm going to pick on Ross for a sec to tie you know, off of that is how often does that happen that, you know, an agency is coming to you with, you know, a solution that can be redistributed throughout the entire WooCommerce ecosystem? Yeah, no, that, that, that's a great question. And I think that, um, you know, looking at the Woo Expert program and the, the agencies that we're working with, they're typically, you know, on the, um, you know, they have the higher technical attitude. And I would say the majority have worked on plugins or done that kind of development before. A lot of the agencies that we vet and look at, you know, not only build websites and create these great experiences for merchants, but they're also creating products that, you know, move the platform forward, um, help enable builders, help enable uh, sellers, merchants to really um, get the most out of their store. Um, and that's, you know, kind of the, uh, one of the great things about open source. And so, you know, for a lot of the agencies I work with, you know, some may sell in, in different marketplaces, but, um, you know, we have a third-party developer team, um, you know, that, that, that manages and that's all the products that get added to our marketplace. And so it's a pretty uh, cohesive, you know, relationship here at Woo. Where if an agency has a good product that meets a need, um, we're able to make those introductions and uh, you know hopefully get it listed and, and get it to more more people. Very cool. And that's been your experience, Ken. Yeah, yeah. It's that's I would say that's really accurate. And and we we work with a lot of other agencies too, right? We cross paths, um, and sometimes it's events like WooConf when that was when that was going on, and speakers, or whatever. And but yeah, I would say it's I would say it's probably a pretty common model of you've already built something and you're like, Hey, there's, there's revenue in this. Can, can we sell it? And, and some people have done really well on that and, and some have it, but I, it seems pretty common. Awesome. And by the way, since uh, we do have someone from Woo and you just mentioned WooConf, every time we get a chance, we always say, we would love to see that come back. So Ross, you could just, you know, take that on at the chain. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Well, when I heard it mentioned that, I figured there might be some questions on it. So I can't, there's, there's nothing I can say uh, officially, but um, it is something that we all know that, that people love. So um, hopefully more to come. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> at least there's Woo Sesh to fill in the uh, gap. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So, Robert, do you want to ask your next question on, do you want to go down the humanitarian path now? or I just don't want to hog the whole thing. I mean, there's all of us here. But, yes, uh, yeah, obviously it's very important for, you know, never settle in the humanitarian space. Can you can you dive into that? And what does that mean for, you know, for you guys as a company? Does it even really mean something for WooCommerce or that's just an enablement and a tool that makes your humanitarian efforts possible? Yeah. I think it means some for WooCommerce and for all of our clients in that, you know, I think we looked at what, what were we really passionate about? What were the problems we saw in the world? And that was the one that rose to the top for me personally. And then for some of my business partners. And initially it was kind of like my, my like life mantra, like life mission to see. And then there was unity at the company level. And we said, wow, we could, we could really leverage these business resources to make a difference. But instead of just going and, and starting a nonprofit or doing something else, we just took inventory and said, like, who are we? Who are we created to be? What skills do we have? What, what resources do we have? And how can we best use those? And we felt like they were in technology and business. And so we're just like, let's just build really incredible solutions for people. And some of them are humanitarian people on themselves. We work with a lot of different nonprofits um, around the world that do incredible things. But all of them give us margin that we can then pour into this anti-trafficking effort 
whether it's technology that we're building, um, whether it's just money that we're giving to other nonprofits in that space. But, you know, every single client that, that trusts us with their project, we're taking, we're taking a, a big piece of that margin and that revenue, we're, we're putting it in towards trafficking. So, you know, are, are there folks you really want to give a shout out to so that, you know, we can put this on the internet so everyone else can uh, know who they are, what they're doing and, you know, how to, you know, contribute and be a part of. Yeah. There's some really, really incredible people. I would say one that stands out right away is Operation Underground Railroad. And they actually just released a, a full feature length film called The Sound of Freedom. It's in most theaters. And that's a really good way to understand kind of what's going on and how near it is to us. Like it's the experts would say there's trafficking in like every city in America. This is not a global problem. This is not an overseas problem. It's a, it's, it's an international epidemic. And so I think movies like that really help. And that's an, that's a great organization. One of the things that as I, I'm, I'm going to say a couple names, it all comes into the banner of when you talk to people that are trying to see this end, everyone says the only way it's going to end is if it's, if, if, awareness is raised and then we prevent it from happening in the first place. Like we have to rescue overcomers that are like in that situation. We have to restore and invest into them, but the only way to stop the cycle is to catch in the beginning. So it's educating kids on what force coercion looks like. And it's letting people know like this is in your neighborhood. And if you see something, how to recognize it, how to report it. So operation around railroads, amazing. UHAT is another organization that's really amazing. I empathize is, is a local organization here in Colorado that's done some incredible films and documentaries and other things to help raise awareness. And then the last one will be an organization called even for one. And there that's a, that's probably one of the better ones to go to. And it's uh, evenforone.org, and they are a directory for the U S and Canada. And it's, they're all um, hand vetted organizations that you can go in and see, I'm really interested. I want to find something that's in my state or I want to find something that's in this industry or whatever. And you could find out how to connect with them. That's kind of half of what they do. The other half is they actually do like live survivor help. So when people are trying to get out, like they have like live chat and resources to connect those people to safe houses or whatever that may be. Awesome. Well, thanks. I'm glad we got some of those out there so people can uh, uh, follow up with those if they want to. You may not have your mindset on global tax compliance, but I'm betting your clients will feel much more at ease knowing you do. So to get on top of all things tax compliance, mark your calendar for September 20th and 21st for Avalara's Next, a conference exclusively designed for their tech partners and the developer community. You will hear from Moo experts like Becca Rice, who shares her wealth of knowledge about building and coding with tax compliance in mind. Plus, hey, you'll have a chance to win a tax-free, of course, tax-free, $500 gift certificate from Amazon. So when you have a free moment, head over to heyvir.com forward slash next 23, or check out our show notes for the link to register for free. I know Ross, uh, Ross brought a whole list of questions and, and I have not let him ask you one question yet, Ken. So I'm going to let Ross have the stage here and ask a question. Awesome. That sounds great. And yeah, yeah change, that's all, all, all great, great stuff, Ken. And um, change gears a little bit. You know, I think that something that some agencies might be interested about and, you know, WooCommerce being open source and WordPress, you know, it's, it's this 
it's this platform that can do a lot of different things for businesses. Um, and, you know, with Woo, you know, we're pushing to, to try to create a product, a platform um, that really serves those lower mid-market to mid-market customers and can really support enterprises. Um, and I think with, you know, certain perceptions that might be out there about WordPress, some view it as, you know, not secure or not performant, can't scale. When, you know, agencies that are um, developing at a high, you know, a, a high rate, uh, are able to kind of realize those things on the platform. So one thing that might be interesting that I wanted to ask you was, you know, for agencies who maybe are struggling to break into that, um, you know, working with merchants or working with e-commerce businesses that are generating revenues, you know, a million dollars plus, you know, what was the key? Cause I, I know you work with a wide variety in a wide range of, of merchants and uh, volumes, uh, annual volumes. And so, you know, what's been the key to your success in really breaking into that enterprise level merchant, um, you know, convincing them and, and kind of talking about why Woo is the best solution and maybe how can other agencies get into that, that market space? Yeah, I'm kind of hearing two core questions. One would be, you know, how to convince an uh, enterprise level customer to trust WooCommerce when if they think this is just an open source thing, a bunch of people are working on it. And then another one, as an agency, how do I get that kind of business, right? Which is going to come partially with that convincing. But the biggest game changer for us that I wish someone would have told me a long time ago was we just put our work out there and we, and we started competing for awards. A huge amount of our business was always referral-based. And, you know, if you, I, I really believe, like, how you do the small things is how you do the big things. And so, like, taking care of whatever customer we have today, knowing that long-term, like, if we take care of them well, they will refer some business to us. And I found a lot of times that might be five years. That was like a long cycle. But now, you know, 11 years in, like there's a big pipeline of that. But I think, I think the thing that kind of accelerated growth outside of organic growth was really putting ourselves out there and getting some awards and getting on, um, which then kind of puts you in a directory or a listing where people are going to find your services. So that was the, the biggest one. And then to win the business, being able to have really smart people that can articulate what, what WordPress and WooCommerce actually are to, to get rid of the stereotype, right? And part of that, I like showing case studies. I like showing some of the bigger businesses that use it, some of the businesses that we've done. You know, we have people, you know, we have a client that has over a million SKUs and, and they're on WooCommerce, right? And they're, they're a, a retail store. They sell outdoor gear. And so we get to kind of walk people through that and then also explain to them what's your other option? Like, what are you looking for? I think that's the other thing, right? Like some, something might sound arbitrary or not the best, but in comparison to what, right? So if we compare these other platforms, we start going through like, you actually own your data. You, you have access to your database, your source code, and kind of like walk them through that versus say a, a, a leased platform, um, one, of the, you know, one of the other e-commerce ones. Or are you going to go 100% custom and do you have 10x the budget? Right. And so it, start, it starts clarifying really well when I start comparing what are your options and what are you looking to do? Um, sorry, I got to jump in on this one because I love the phrase that you just used, Ken, a leased platform, which is also known as Shopify. Um, <laughs> can I say the S word down here? Um, <laughs> you can. <laughs> so, but I'm, I'm going to I'm putting leased platform into my lexicon. That's that's a brilliant way of describing it. Do folks come to you? saying, you know, we're looking at a leased platform or custom and how do you navigate that conversation? 
Yeah, I mean, I would say I would say they're they're saying, hey, we're looking at this out of the box solution, and that it could be any. You know, there's a lot of providers that do that, and or you know, WooCommerce or whatever. And we let people know, like, I think as part of gaining a customer's trust is, I mean, we've been with WordPress from like the from like almost the beginning. Some of our developers have contributed to Core and like huge fans. And to our own integrity, if it was a bad idea for someone, we would tell them not to do it, right? And so I think part of that's like we don't we don't have a one size fits all. Although we do a ton of WooCommerce, right? But sometimes it really doesn't make sense. So one, we just try to understand what are their needs, and then yeah, walk them through what it is. We've we've have had quite a few people come to us once they get to a certain scale, realizing they can't do what they want. So it's really nice to have. Um, say Shopify or Squarespace, whatever, like kind of out of the box solutions that give you a lot for really cheap. And I'd say there's a lot of plugins that do that in WooCommerce as well, but they start, you know, for us, one of my kind of like hot topics with WooCommerce and all of them is subscriptions. Like as businesses get in there, they get these like quick fixes, but quickly they realize I actually want all this customization to my, to my subscriptions or, to my checkout or something. And very quickly, those other platforms, you hit limitations because you don't have direct access to the database um, or the, or the peer source code. You, you know, you can, you can use code to add to it, or you can use a widget or something, but you can't actually touch the source and you can't own the database. So you have limitations. And so we walk people through that. And then the other high risk, I think for, for the people that it doesn't make sense to be on, you know, a lease platform is just if you need 100% access to your source code in your database and 100% control. So we've had a couple people that came to us from the CBD and cannabis industry and some of those platforms just made a, a sweep overnight. They didn't tell them. They just said, legally, we can't support this. So they just shut down their site. And some of them were, one of them was like a dog food company. Um, and they were doing like, like 9 million a month so like every day they were down was like a really, they were like panicked. So that's, that's the other, re- you know, one of the, one of the things that I think we love the most about WordPress is just the ability to own your source code own your database. And then, you know, you have to work it out with what you're doing. How much, uh, this will be great for other agencies in the space. How much of new business is actually migration from a lease platform? 20, yeah. Yeah. 20% a fifth, maybe. Oh, okay. That's lower than I thought. Yeah, but it's lower than I thought it would be. I thought there'd be a lot more migration. So I, I have a question along this lines too, because you kind of, you have your lease platforms, we'll call SaaS, but the lease platforms, because we just like that term now. Um, and then you've got WooCommerce, right? And then you've got custom e-com build, which do you guys ever do custom e-commerce builds? We do. Well, so now I have a question for you because I I find in my agency that there's another little step in there between woo and custom is a headless woo um, that kind of starts mingling into custom, but you're still using woo as your basic framework. And have you guys also gone down that path? We have. Yeah. And sometimes we've done headless WordPress with a total custom commerce engine or headless WordPress WooCommerce and, and something, and, and then we've done just pure, hundred percent custom devs for their solution. Cool. So when you're doing the the headless, we'll call it. What is the other technologies you're typically mixing in? Good, good question. More recently, React apps or been used. Yeah, React. 
Um, but Quasar, if you guys are familiar with that, and I would say it's a, um, my, my engineers are going to freak out if they hear this. Like, I want to say it's like a code engine that gives you a central repository to, to deploy to iOS, Android, and a website and potentially other solutions. So the most common reason that we don't do WordPress and WooCommerce and go into 100% custom is a really unique business need, which is usually pretty massive. And I'd say one of the common denominators we always see in those are, are native apps. They have native iOS and Android apps that are commerce-based, and they have their website, and typically they'll be touching something else. So one that we're doing right now is they, they have, it's a franchise with stores all across the country, and that commerce engine has to integrate into their point of sale at the store level and at the franchise level. And so um, you start hitting these limitations where WooCommerce is, it'll either be as expensive or not as scalable, or I don't know if that's the right way to say it. It's, it feels like it's in our client's best interest to build exactly what they need. And you get so much with WooCommerce out of the box. So, um, and we've had a harder time integrating with apps. Interesting. Quasar. Now I'm going to have to look this up. I'll, I love it. I'm glad that you brought that up because it's interesting just to hear other other things. So I love being able to real-time Google while we're talking because I'm like looking it up. It's a Vue.js framework. So it's JavaScript, JavaScript, JavaScript everywhere. Mm-hmm. So whether it's React or Vue, it's, uh, you know, it's a front-end uh, JavaScript framework, right? From what I, Yeah, from what I understand, I don't – Mike, I coded a long time ago and it's and it's I keep get, I keep drifting further and further away. So, well, I'm sure Ross will tell us exactly what it is. No, yeah. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but this this does lead me to another question for you, Kang. Um, if I'm cool asking another one here, uh, so you know, with all of the change happening in the, the e-commerce you know industry, the different platforms, headless becoming a thing now. You know, this is maybe a broad question, but where do you envision? the future of e-commerce going and how does Blue fit into that? Whether that's a year from now or in the next five years that, you know, I think post COVID the landscape is starting to change a bit. And yeah, I'd be curious on your thoughts. Two things that stand out to me are subscription-based businesses, which we've been seeing happen for a long time. Amazon pressed that quite a few years ago. And a lot of people started realizing, you know, it was like, I'm going to get my, my toilet papers and be on delivery. And now everyone's like, Oh, this makes a lot of sense. Right. And people also see, oh, it's a recurring revenue stream. And I think when it's forced, it doesn't work. But I absolutely think that that, that segment of e-commerce is going to continue to really expand. Um, and, you know, Woo- WooCommerce can do that out of the box. Really powerful engine there. One of the things that we see where we, where we get called into bigger projects are people wanting some sort of advanced subscriptions. So... A client that we're launching right now, Bixby Pet, which is not the one that I mentioned before, the other CBD pet food thing. Um, they they have all these incredible dog foods and all organic and all this stuff, and they're in most pet smarts across the country, and pretty pretty large business. But their customers are on subscriptions for their dog food and their dog treats and cat food and cat treats. But they wanted a really cool checkout engine for people to kind of build their subscription. So we had a lot of customization in that, but where we found the most customization, where I think you know it'd be it'd be fun to see us as a community invest more into WooCommerce's my account experience. Like that's the thing that I feel like has has the most potential, um, not just in design and user interface, but 
as an example for these guys, they want their they want their customers to come in and be able to just swap out what flavors they're in. So they're going to order three bags a month and they want to be able to go in and change those without changing the subscription. And that's, that's highly custom. Like that's not something that you can do out of the box or to set up an auto rotation where they're just surprised. They could just say, Hey, of these six flavors, just rotate them for me. And so we built, we built that for them. And that's like an example. And I think, um, I think not only are you going to see subscription businesses increase, but you're going to see people really pressing into the customer experience of a subscription business. That's the ones that we've seen really grow is they like really nurture those people. They just, they seem as the, like the gold behind their business. And so they invest a lot into that experience. Um, and then I think just the future from, from what I can see is just the, is going to be just more and more personalization. It's going to be leveraging AI. It's going to be leveraging market automation tools, but less blanket blanket offerings right? You, they have in something that's written that says, Hey, this person's ordered 10 bags of, of cherry dog food, which isn't a real flavor. <laughs> and we're releasing cherry treats. So we're automatically going to present this offer to them to, to try it free for one month or something. So I think, I think personalization is, is, is one of the big things. As a dog owner, I could not tell you how right you are on this path. I mean, that's, it's brilliant because, and also, I would love for you guys to figure out when actually I need to get that dog food. Because a lot of them are like, okay, 30 days. But maybe I didn't do the math right, and it's actually 20 days or 40 days. Um, yeah. I'm just paying attention, and all of a sudden I have like four bags of dog food in the garage. Yeah, they they actually – one of the big things we did was actually a food calculator. And it's like, what kind of dog is it? How much do they actually weigh? Like, And it's all these things, and it spits out a calculation and – um, and helps people do that. So that's really cool. I'm, I'm 100% with you. The more personalization, it just makes you feel like you're actually connected to a company that's a million miles away in some e commerce internet. Mm-hmm. So that I think that's great. Well, I've got a couple of questions for you, Ken. And one is kind of related to what we were just talking about there, like the future. Um, and you briefly mentioned it, and that is AI. And what I'm curious about is if you guys have started thinking about, because you said you do SEO. So we know SEO landscape is about to take some dramatic changes because people are starting to go into AI bots to find out information versus going and Googling for that information. So it is changing the SEO landscape. What do you guys think about that? And what are you thinking you're going to do in the future? Just curious. There's a lot of really smart people talking about this right now. And I think right now it's the Wild West and it's all, there's just a lot of things to capitalize on by leveraging AI the future of AI scares me a bit. Um, and I think for SEO, my best guess from what I can see is that people will use AI instead of Google, right? Asking questions when, when AI starts getting connected to the live internet um, and certain places it is already, they're just going to do that and they're going to let it curate the information for them. And then the question is, how do you, you know, every business wants to rank number one. So how do you get the, the AI to, to say you're the solution, right? I think there's a lot to, there's so much that's unknown. One of the things is on the, on the other side, AI now has the ability to bruise mass amounts of content, right? So you say the best content and, and volume and consistency, if everyone can do that with one click, like it's, it's going to be a different game, right? And so I like a lot of Google's long-term rules that they've used for SEO or like guidelines that I've seen, 
which is really just following true user behavior. So, you know, they, they moved really into like, does this query answer the user's question? And so I think, I think as a business or an agency that's helping a business, just getting them not to, to, to get starstruck and worrying, trying to say, Oh, we can use this tool. We're going to generate all this stuff. Like just focusing on, are you solve, solving your user's need? I think that's going to be the best, the best uh, kind of combative approach towards what AI could do for Google. And I think that even how people are using products is just changing a lot. So as long as you make sure you take care of the people in front of you today, they're going to tell their friends. And that's one of the reasons influencer marketing right now is so powerful, right? Which is going to be outside of AI because someone says, Hey, I know that this influencer, I, I know what they eat. I know what they do. I trust them. So if they say, go get this kind of dog food or whatever, like I know they've vetted it out and it's like a, it's a full sweet pass. And I think people are moving more and more towards that, especially as fake media. If they, I don't I know what you want to call it. There's just, just spam, like so much stuff on the internet. That's not actually true. I think people are starting to see that. And so they're going to move more into um, just trusting people around them, which which could be a good combative approach towards AI. Yeah, it's it is a it is a big topic. I know asking a question like that is is hard to answer because it's just a large topic and we don't even know everything about it yet. I mean, even even down to you know, I mean, Google does have Bard they're working on, but by being getting uh, Chat GPT integrated and stuff like that, there we're actually finally seeing Bing make a little bit of a wave. <laughs> they were always, we just didn't care, right? We were all geared towards Google, but I do see that this is starting to level out a little bit more out there. So it'll be very interesting. Okay. So my other question I have for you, and then I promise I'll let Ross and Robert have one more question. My other question is you mentioned that uh, you, because you're in Colorado and cannabis is legal there, but I know that there are a lot of rules and regulations around how they can take money. So when you're working with WooCommerce, how are you helping those cannabis industries with how can they take money online in, in WooCommerce? Um, I mean, it all comes down to the, I think it's where the liability sits, right? Which is typically the bank that you're choosing. So WooCommerce is just, an, it's, it's the engine to process the transaction, but it's not actually processing the transaction, if that makes sense, right? There's a, the, there's a gateway. And then really the bank is, is the one. And they're, they're the underwriting ones that are saying, we're willing to take this risk. So there are certain banks or certain payment processors that are willing to do that. And so those are the people that we connect, we connect them to. And, and, and a lot of that for us has just been CBD, but even that it's, it's still like regulated. And there's, there's certain banks that are saying, we don't want anything to do with this because it's not clear federally. And there's other banks that are just, that's like their marketing stance. Like this is what we do. So a lot of times the extension already exists in the Woo marketplace and so we just connect it through that extension that's, that already exists that one of the developers created. Or we, we, create, we create the API and just connect WooCommerce to that payment processor. So you are finding that there are payment processors out there that are willing to work in the cannabis arena. For sure. They just can't be FDIC, correct? I don't know. I would assume not. I would say, yeah, I'd assume that if the cash is stored in that bank, it's not, it's not protected by the FDIC. Correct. That's exactly how it works. Awesome. Well, Ross, I'm going to let you uh, throw another question in here. So maybe I'll, I'll bring it kind of kind of program side and you, know, you kind of talked about um, the different awards you've gotten through, you know, different technology partners and, and platforms and things like that. But, you know, maybe in in the ecosystem and, and working with, with with merchants, you know, what is the 
the Wu expert management to you and your business? Um, how has it impacted, you know, acquiring new business or, you know, networking in the community? Um, yeah, just like what's the overall impact that you've seen from your batch? For sure. It's been super positive. And I thought you guys would assume that when I said 20% of migrations, you know, was a low number. I said like it's one fifth or whatever. When you said how many am I migrating from, from these other platforms? Part of that is because we do so much WooCommerce business. So I think I think that's like the thing to to think about is like, so that's where we're known. And it's from a couple of things like all of our WooCommerce clients, when they're sharing referrals to us, they're telling people what we built them. So people are kind of already coming in with an expectation of WooCommerce. And then being in, you know, as a as an agency partner, getting um, getting leads or just getting recognized. You know, we've we've had uh, partner leads where we work together with Ross and his team to take care of something uh, that a customer has that they know we're uniquely skilled in. But then there's also people just finding us in that directory. That would be another example of like a directory or an award where people find us. And it's it's really tied to influencer marketing, which I was saying, because they're saying, hey, we trust that if WooCommerce has vetted, never settled as an agency, and they're at their platinum level, their highest level, we trust them. So, so those leads come with a lot of trust. And Sometimes just people find us and then they fill out our own contact form and we ask them, hey, where'd you find us? Like, oh, we, we saw you in the WooCommerce um, directory. And that's why I'm really excited for this. This is something we wanted for a long time. I've talked to um, a lot of the senior leadership about this for a long time. It's like, hey, can we get like, let's do this together. This would be really good for both of us. And seeing it finally take off was really, really fun. But I, w- I would say, yeah, because of us being recognized as a Woo expert, and a lot of the work that we do is WooCommerce. I think that influences that first number I gave you on the 20% that we're migrating from other platforms into WooCommerce. Awesome. Well, uh, Ken, I really appreciate you coming on the show today. It's been a very interesting conversation. Um, and I'm going to start with you with, uh, if you'll just tell the audience how they can get in touch with you and find you after this, if they would like to reach out. Yeah, the best place would just be neversettle.it. Awesome. Are you also on any of the social media I am. I would, I'm trying to think I'm not like a big social media guy, but, um, like I'm on LinkedIn and, and, uh, I am on Instagram. I think I'm on Instagram as Ken K E N N underscore K E L O Y, but it's not, not going to find a lot of, uh, a lot of volume there on those. So, well, you're busy, you're busy building WooCommerce sites. That's Ross, right. uh, how can people find and reach out to you? Yeah, no, great question. So if you are an agency that's interested in, in uh, joining the program, you can go to the, the WooCommerce.com website and you know click Become an Expert to see what it's about. Um, and uh, if you are a merchant or a business owner that's looking for an agency partner, um, you can go to partners.woocommerce.com. And I believe it's backslash English backslash marketplace. You can also find it through the WooCommerce.com website. Uh, never fear. Um, and uh, you can find our, our great agency partners there. So if you need work done, um, they're going to be the best, the best to help you achieve those goals. Uh, and then I am also on LinkedIn. Uh, if you want to reach out to me directly or, um, you know, you can always email me uh, ross.spadaro at automatic2ts.com. Awesome. And Robert? robertjacoby.com at robertjacoby on Twitter. That's, that's the easiest. Um, and yes, you can find me at OSTraining.com or I'm on any of the social medias as Robbie Adair. You can, there's me and a soccer player in uh, Canada. I am not the athletic one. That's how you can find me. But, uh, yes, thank you for joining us today and, uh, watch out for the next episode of Do the Woo. Thanks, Ken. Thanks, Ross. Thanks, Rob. Thanks for having us. Thank you. 
Hey, Bob WP here, and there was so much I can share that adds value to any size agency and specifically the context around subscriptions. So please, if you're interested, check out the nonprofits that Ken mentioned in the show. And as we wrap up, do make sure and find the link in the show notes where you can sign up for Avalara's next conference. As a builder, I feel you can impress your clients having an edge of knowledge around tax compliance. So until the next time, keep on doing the woo.